section, if you recall, of Alexander Yanai and Shlom Tzion Amalka and Shimon Ben Sheta. I mean, phenomenal history, um, which is embedded in the, what was the, what was the issue we were talking about? Remember the issue? Right, how do you count, you know, for people in order to save your kind of on specifically with regard to Eloheinu, who can lead it, and all that kind of stuff. Here is the king and the queen, um, and they have to call on her brother. So embedded in a halakhic kind of discussion is all of a sudden a lot of history. So I thought I would take a little bit of a digression um, and do a little bit of Josephus, some other Talmudic sections, just to tell you how everybody sees Alexander Yanai, Shlom Sion, Shimon Becheta, and embedded in all those kind of things, okay? So I, I did some uh, copying yesterday. You can clearly, obviously, if you're interested, Google it yourself, but, you know, uh, I'll serve as your somewhat of your Google. Um, and I'm going to give you about four sources. We're not going to read them carefully. Um, they're all in English, so it just wasn't worth doing the Hebrew and the English and everything else, if you don't mind. Um, and I'll also give you, just so you can have it, it's sort of the cover article in the Encyclopedia Judaica, Dealing with Alexander Yanai, etc., because it's a it's a it's a very critical time in the realm of the Pharisees and Sadducees, of the Hasmoneans, of the development of Judaism, and it plays out in many different kinds of ways, um, even to the point of Shlom Amalka being a street in Jerusalem, which many of you are familiar with, etc., and Shimon ben Shetach being a very critical rabbi at a certain point and her, his relationship to the Malchut, etc. So, with your permission, or frankly without your permission, <laughs> that's what you get when you're up at front, right Betsy? When you're a teacher, you get to choose, right? So, you know, so what, what I want to do is first of all, give you some Josephus. The Antiquities of the Jews. Sorry Bernie and Fran aren't here right now, but anybody who's done any touring at all in Israel, or any history of this period, needs to know Josephus so this is the antiquities of the Jews decided not to give you the, the original Greek which I can't read either so what? so you're, you're all familiar with Josephus I don't have to give you the historical background um, the Antiquities of the Jews was his history um, of uh, the Jewish people, at least until that point, clearly written for Roman eyes more than anything else. But it's, uh, it's you know, the major source that we have from a historical point of view uh, besides the Talmud or Midrash, which is in history. So he writes history, but you realize that it's subjective, that it's only it's his interpretation of history, but frankly, that's what history is today. The, the winners write history, and to a large extent, there should be enough for everybody. Um, and the, and the, that's the, the point of view that we get. So, what you have here, this is book 13. Okay, thanks. This is book 13, as you can see, chapter 13. It's written, when you really want to look up Josephus, you look it up through the lines. Okay, this is the, the famous one of... Uh, of, of this was translated by Ralph Marcus. Um, it looks by you know by the lines, etc. But this is another ver version that I have um, that was easier for the Xerox. 
So, what I want to just highlight certain things. This is, you know, you can read this on your own. It's all English, so it's not like we need a lot of interpretation. But let's look at the second column, number three, on page 284. Okay, shouldn't be too difficult for people to find it this time. All right, so, when Alexander, and he's talking here, this is Alexander Yanai. Okay, this is, this is Alexander the Great, the yes. Well, obviously, a lot of stuff in Alexander is Alexander Yanai was delivered from the fear that he was of Ptolemy. Who's Ptolemy? That's Egypt. There was fights between Ptolemaics, etc. You have a here. He also took Gadara, which is towards the Philistine area, after a siege of ten months. Took, etc. This he was a great warrior and expanded the Hasmonean holdings in Palestine greatly, and he was greatly um, helped in that realm, etc. So if you but look down about halfway down the line, but as Apollodotus, everybody see that about halfway down the paragraph, third last word, okay, the general of the army of Gaza <coughs> fell upon the camp of Jews by night with two thousand foreign and ten thousand of his own forces. While the night lasted, those of Gaza prevailed. That's the other side as such, <coughs> because the enemy was made to believe that it was Ptolemy who attacked him. But when the date which came on and the mistake was corrected, the Jews knew the truth of the matter, came back again and fell upon those of Gaza and slew them about a thousand. So this is the Jews of Judea who are fighting along with Alexander. But those of Gaza stoutly resisted, would not yield, etc. It talks about the war itself. Look down to about the fifth last line. Yet were not they of cowardly hearts, but they opposed them that they came to slay him and slew as many of the Jews. And some of them, when they saw themselves deserted, burnt their own houses, that the enemy might not get none of their spoils. Nay, some of them, with their own hands, slew their children and their wives. Major war. And Judea, Judea's were, uh, were, in a sense, killed. Having no way other than avoiding a slavery for them, but the senators, etc., etc. When he utterly overthrown their city, he returned to Jerusalem, having spent a year in that siege. Yenai was a great warrior, and he had obviously the Judeans who were doing. Now, look down at number five on that page. As to Alexander, his own people were seditious against him. For at a festival which was then celebrated, when he stood upon the altar and was going to sacrifice, the nation, nation rose upon him and pelted him with citrons. Those are etrogen. Okay, this is, comes from Midrash and Talmud. This is where Josephus has this. Because, which they had in their hands because the law of the Jews required that at the Feast of Tabernacles everyone should have branches of palm tree and citron tree which thing that we have elsewhere related. They also reviled him as derived from a captive and so unworthy of his dignity and of sacrificing. Why? Because he took over the priesthood as well. These were the Hasmoneans who took the kingship and the priesthood. At this he was in a rage and slew of them about 6,000. This is of his own people. He also built a partition wall of wood around the altar and the temple as far as that partition within it which it was only lawful to the priests to enter. And by this means he obstructed the multitude from coming at him. He built around the temple altar. Only the Sadducees, only the priests would come in. The common people couldn't bring their sacrifices. He also maintained foreigners of whatever, Sidai and Kilesia, for as to the Syrians, he was at war with them and made no use of them. He also overcame the, Arabi the Arabians, such as the Moabites and Gileadites, and made them bring tribute. Moreover, he demolished Amatheus, etc. Um, so look at the next paragraph halfway down. 
From thence he fled to Jerusalem, where besides his other ill success, the nation insulted him, and he fought against them for six years, and slew no fewer than 50,000 of them. And we desired that he would desist from their ill will to him. They hated him so much the more on account of what had already happened. When they asked him what he what ought to do, they all cried out that they ought to kill himself. So you can see internal sedition as well. Um, look down now at number two in the next paragraph, the next chapter. Now as Alexander fled to the mountains, 6,000 of the Jews hereupon came together to, to him out of pity of the change of his fortune, from Demet upon which Demetrius was afraid and retired out of the country, after which the Jews fought against Alexander, and being beaten were slain in great numbers in the several battles which they had. Josephus sees this as an internal civil war, right? And some lost and some won, and therefore they were eventually killed, many of them. The interesting, real interesting, the next chapter tells about the wars and everything that goes on. I don't really want to do that, but I do want to look at page 287, number 5. Because this we don't think we have in the Talmud, and this is where Josephus comes in. After this, King Alexander, although he fell into distemper by hard drinking, and at a, whatever, I don't know what the next is, which held him for three years, it must be an illness or something, yet he would not leave off going out in, with his army, till he was quite spent with the labors he had undergone and died in the bounds of Ragba, a fortress beyond Jordan. But when his queen, this is Shlom Zion, right, saw that he was ready to die and had no longer any hopes of surviving, she came to him weeping and lamenting and bewailed herself and her sons on the desolate condition that they, she should be, that they should be left in, and said to him, To whom dost thou thus leave me and my children, who are destitute of all other supports, and this when thou knowest how much ill will thy nation bears thee? But he gave her the following advice, and this is really astounding, that she need but follow what he would suggest to her in order to retain the kingdom securely with her children, that she should, should conceal his death from the soldiers till she should have taken that place, after this, she should go and triumph as upon a victory to Jerusalem and put some of her authority into the hands of the Pharisees. Okay, this is the interesting part. He said he, after he was dead, he, she should begin to share power with those who were his enemies. For that they would commend her for the honor that she had done them and would reconcile the nation to her. For he told her that they had great authority among the Jews, both to hurt and that which to such as they hated, and to bring advantage to those whom they were friendly disposed. For that they are now, they are then believed best of all by multitude when they speak any severe things against others, though it be only out of envy at them. And he said it was by their means that he had incurred the displeasure of the nation, whom indeed he had injured. Do thou therefore, said he, when thou come to Jerusalem, send for the leading men among them, and show them my body, and with great appearance of sincerity, give them to use it as they did themselves please, whether they will dishonor the dead body by refusing it burial, as having severely suffered by a means, or whether in their anger they will offer any other energy injury to that body. Promise them also that that will do nothing without them in the affairs of the kingdom. If you do this, to say to them, I shall have the honor of a more glorious funeral from them, and that thou couldst have made for me. And when it is in their power to abuse my dead body, they will do no injury at all, etc. So when he had given his wife this advice, he died, and, after, and he had reigned 27 years, and lived 50 years within one. This section is phenomenal, because we don't have any other sources as far as I know of this. He said that he wanted reconciliation, that the Pharisees should be involved, and the person that she eventually turns to is Shimon ben Shetta. 
her brother, who was the leader of these things. Now remember in our Talmudic, excuse me, Talmudic section, Shimon ben Shetach isn't too complimentary of the king, right? He speaks back to the king, and the king is worried about it. So I want to share three Talmudic sections with you. It's all in the English, because I said more words than otherwise. First one is from Kiddushin. Right. There's a couple more people need. Is there a specific timeline here of the dates when this really Yeah, uh, he is from, they say, 126 to 76 BCE. Okay, after the Hasmonean, before the, you know, you know, in the middle of the Hasmonean rule, before Herod, after the after Maccabees, etc. Those are Alexander These are Alexander Janai dates. I'll give you the Encyclopedia Deck as a thing which you're going to read on your own too. Is there enough for everybody? Good. Okay. So this is Kiddushin. Look down at the bottom paragraph on 332. Forget the issue, okay? But this is the interesting part of what it says. Habai also said, Whence do I know it? Because it was taught. It once happened that King Yanai, the notes say this may not have been King Yanai himself, but the Talmud has this, went to Koalith in the wilderness and conquered 60 towns there. On his return, he rejoiced exceedingly, invited all the sages of Israel. Said he to them, Our forefathers ate mallows, means we were very poor when they engage in the building of the second temple, let us also eat mallows in memory of our forefathers. So mallows were served on golden tables and they ate. This is the relationship he has with the, the scholars and such. Now there was a man there, frivolous, evil-hearted, and ruthless. Worthless. It's a nice Talmudic phrase, right? Really I'll get the Aramaic if you really want to use it. Named Eleazar, son of Poriah, who said to King Yanai, O King Yanai, the hearts of the Pharisees are against thee. Okay, what story does this sound like? Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. And those of you familiar with Tisha B'Av, where they tell the emperor they're against you and that begins a civil war. Then what shall I do? Test them by the plate between thine eyes. Which, as you see below, is what's the plate between thine eyes? The tzitz. Okay, the, the worn by the Kohena Gadol. So he tested them by the plate between his eyes. Now an elder named Judah, son of Gedidiah, was present there. He said to King Yanai, O King Yanai, let the royal crown suffice thee and leave the priestly crown to the seed of Aaron. That's the issue. The Hasmoneans had taken over the, chi the high priesthood to which they were not entitled. You want to be king? Be king. Don't put religion and state together and take over the religion which is not your hereditary form. That belongs to somebody else. For it was rumored that his mother had been taken captive in Modin. According to the charge, was, the charge was investigated but not sustained, and the sages of Israel departed in anger. You can see some of the sources below. Then said Eleazar ben Poriat to King Yanai, O King Yanai, this is the law even for the most humble man in Israel. And you, a king and a high priest, shall they be thy law too? Meaning, you can make your own law. You're king. You can see this a wicked advisor. Then what shall I do? If you will take my advice, trample them down. In other words, destroy them. But what shall happen with the Torah? 
This is an internal discussion, Nanai's concern. Behold, it is rolled up and lying in the corner. Whoever wishes to study it, let him go and study. Meaning, we don't need them. You can learn this on your own. Said Rav Nachman, immediately a spirit of heresy was instilled into him, for he should have replied, that is well for the written law, but of the oral law, etc. Straight away the evil burst forth through Elazar, son of Poriah. All the sages of Israel were massacred, and the world was desolate until Shimon ben Shetak came and restored the Torah to its pristine glory. Okay, and you can again see the notes below in the reign of King Alexandra, okay, etc., and the <coughs> educational reforms, etc. You see, his, what, I, what I want to point out more than anything is you can see Josephus' history. This is the kernels of history, giving the background of a civil war amongst the Jews, of someone really being a fifth column, of leading Yenai on, saying the Jews are really rebelling against you, go out and kill them, and that's what he did. Okay? And, and again, the Talmud is not history. It's modeled after some history. They knew it, but it was modeled again, as we saw in our study last time, through a discussion of the Talmud and, and, and halakhic decisions, etc. Questions? Okay, next one. Sanhedrin. Is there a halachic decision that came out of this? Yeah, they should not have been high priest. But that was the issue. Okay, this has to do with the fact of who judges and who can be judged. Okay, and the Talmud, the Mishnah in Shachedron uh, talks about the kings of Judah are, can judge and be judged. The kings of Israel, which is the northern kingdom, can ju cannot judge or be judged because we don't trust them. Thank you. We don't trust them. And they're going to give you now a reason for this kind of thing. In other words, are they open to the pleb is a divine right of kings as such? They create the law, or is it now subject to the courts of law of the Pharisees? Is the king subject? Okay? You take is there a sep what we would call is there a separation of powers? In most of the ancient world that was not the case. The king was the divine rule of king, he was the religious head, he was the political head, he was the cultic head, etc. This is the legislative part. By the way, all of this stuff that I talked about before, and this has huge ramifications in terms of look, looking at today. I won't even begin to discuss that. Religion and state, different forms of separation of power, legislative, administrative, in this case regal, but play it out as you want. It's all here. So the king may neither judge. The last paragraph. <clears throat> Rabbi Yosef says this refers only to the kings of Israel. That's the northern kingdom, because they can't be trusted by this. And of course, the northern kingdom was long dead. But the kings of the house of David may judge and be judged. They can be part of a court, and they are taken to court. 
As it is written, O house of David, you sa thus saith the Lord, execute judges in the morning. And if they may not be judged, how could they judge? As it is not written, each koshashu fit koshashu, which is a verse that they take to mean if you do one thing, then the other thing applies. If you judge, you must also be judged. You can't do one and not the other. Which Reish Lakish interpreted, adorn yourself first and then adorn others. We would say, meaning, be prepared to be judged and then you can judge someone else. Okay? If fundraising, if you want to be the head of a fundraising group, what do you have to do first? Make your gift. Okay? You want to be a model as a teacher or as a rabbi or whatever the case may be, as a religious leader, what do you have to do? Live that lifestyle first and then. That's what this basically says. But why this prohibition of the kings of Israel? Because of an incident which happened with the slave of King Yanai. Here you go. Who killed a man. <coughs> Shimon ben Shetach said to the sages, Set your eyes boldly upon him and let us judge him. Why do we judge him? If the slave kills. It's like the ox that gores. Who's responsible? <coughs> the owner. The slave is owned by the uh, owner here. By the king. The king, therefore, has to pay damages or whatever the case may be. He's not going to be killed, but he at least has to pay damages. So Shimon ben Shetach, remember, who is his brother-in-law, says, bring him to court. So they sent the king word saying, your slave has killed a man. Thereupon he sent, them, he sent him to them to be tried. But they sent him a message. You must come, for, come here. For the Torah says, if warning, in other words, he sent the slave. They said, no, no, not good enough. You come. If warning has been given to owners, then the owner of the ox must come and stand by his ox. The king accordingly came and sat down. The king came to the court and was seated. Then Shimon ben Shetach said, stand on your feet, King Yanai. Now, you understand why Yanai and Shimon ben Shetach didn't get along too well? <laughs> and let witnesses testify against you. Yet it is, it is not before us that you stand, but before him who spoke and the world came into being, meaning this, we're, not, we're an earthly court, but who do we represent? The heavenly court. As it is written, and both men between the etc. I shall not in, accord, not in accordance with what you say, but in accordance with what your colleagues said, he, he answered. Meaning, put up or shut up. Let's see if everybody else says the same thing. Shimon then turned first to the right, and then to the left, but they all, for the king of the fear of the king, what they do, look to the ground. Shimon ben Shetach was out there hanging <coughs> by himself. <coughs> then Shimon ben Shetach said, "Are you all wrapped up in your thoughts?" Great question. You <laughs> know, what's happening, guys? You're playing with your cell phones. <laughs> Let the master of thoughts, God, come and call you to account. Instantly, Gabriel came and smote them to the ground, and they died. According to this story, who was eventually who eventually killed them as such? Shimon ben Sheta. Wow, totally different story, caused by Yanai, but they couldn't wouldn't stand up against the king. You got to speak power to to the throne. It was then enacted a king, not the house of David, may neither judge or be judged, testify or be testified against. Too dangerous. You can't bring him to court, they'll overrun the court. Phenomenal story. Not what you're going to get from Josephus, 
but a different story in terms of the Talmud, again, in a halakhic discussion, an enormous amount of the discussion that goes with uh, this concept of basically Shimon ben Shetach and Yanai Amelech being foes, and Shimon ben Shetach of the Pharisees calling him to court, and the people backing down. Questions, comments? Hope this isn't too fast, too much, but when the test comes, I'll find out. Well, there's always a test, isn't there? Uh, just a oh, little off. What were the years of the Sanhedrin? The Sanhedrin already is, is uh, po- maybe first temple, but right till the, till the end of the time. I mean, it's all, all through the temple periods. Both temples. Yeah, we think the first as well. Within limits. We would have had the separation of powers. He might have been, they might have tried to impeach him. Um, you want to pass those down, bro? Okay, that's what you would have expected, actually, right? You would have expected he would have said, "No, you come. You want to have it? Come here or come get me." King Yanai basically said, "Okay, I will live by the separation of powers." But you know, be honestly, I'm still king. I'm still king. And yeah, and what it, what it basically, you know, this is in the law of the kings. What did basically Shimon ben Shetach say? You're res- the the king is responsible to the law, and you're like anybody else when you come to this court. You have to stand. We're going to judge you appropriately according to the law of the Torah and of Jewish law. Whatever happens, happens. Enormous amount of both power and fright. Okay, I mean. This is speaking truth to power, and everybody else saying, uh, nice idea, guy, but we're not prepared to do that. And Gabriel comes, I mean, it's like God coming. Okay, it's the heavenly court. So he didn't, he didn't do a Henry VIII. You know. There you go, right. <laughs> right. Finally, Sota. I have a question. Sure. Um, there are no other viable sort of historic historians uh, in the Josephus area? No, Joseph. I mean, again, unless we have some Roman historians, um, and I don't know them well enough uh, in Latin, you know, Philo does some stuff right. as well, but that's the problem. We have no other sources. You know, again, you travel Israel, you'll hear Josephus mentioned all the time, sure. because that's the, the source we have. You'll hear Midrash, I mean, you know, the, a, a good guy might do some of the stuff that I'm doing now, but it's not history. It's in the realm of halakhic, many you know, uh, agadic kind of lore. And again, we've seen the, the Talmud isn't history itself. So we have what we have, and that's it. You know, unless you have archaeological digs which can add to it, or you find other sources. But in most cases, there aren't a lot of other sources, and that's why Josephus is mentioned all the time. You just got to recognize that Josephus, to a large extent, is prejudiced in his own realm. He's both trying to impress the emperor and trying to build up the Jewish nation too, from which he comes. Did he do that work under commission? Yeah, yeah, he was a court historian, as such. Got to please your publisher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you got, again. I, I, as I say, this isn't. Well, it's historical. It's not. It's not objective. But I, I don't believe any history is objective. All right. The last, well, the last one, and this one. Um, it talks about and something that happened. So look at the, where it says what was the incident. And again, I don't want it, it doesn't matter. If you'll notice the comp, the, look below in the comment number six, 
The following paragraph is deleted in censored editions. Okay, the medieval. We know that in the medieval times, the Talmud was censored by Christian censors. We know that words were changed. They may have had Yeshu, and it was changed to somebody else. It was changed Avodat Kochavim, all kinds of things that went on. The Talmud was burned, etc. So this, for some reason, let's see if we can figure out why. What was the instance with Rabbi Yeshua ben Parachia? When King Yanias, here we go again, okay, put the rabbis to death. Who put the rabbis to death in this case? Yanai. Shimon ben Chetach was hid by his sister, while Rabbi Yeshua ben Parachia fled to Alexandria in Egypt. When there was peace, and again, here you have, you notice what he quotes here? Josephus. That's the only source we have of the deathbed conf confession. Okay, the deathbed confession of uh, him coming through was saying, give them the benefit of the doubt, try to help out the Pharisees as well. Shimon ben Shetak sent, sent this, when there was peace, Shimon ben sent this message to him. This is to Yoshua ben Prachia. From me, Jerusalem, the holy city, to you in Alexandria, in Egypt. O oh, my sister, my husband dwelleth in thy midst, and I abide desolate. That was a code. And what, what was the code ultimately? I abide desolate, he's dead. I'm by myself. <coughs> Rabbi Yeshua rose and came back and found himself in a certain inn when they paid him great respect. He said, how beautiful is this Aksania? Aksania? An inn, right? It still is. One of his disciples said to him, My master, her eyes are narrow. Well, I'm not sure exactly what that means. You'll notice what it says below. The word it means in and female in where the rabbi intended in the first sense, Jesus in the second. That's why it was censored. Okay? One of his disciples in the manuscript says, Below, look. Jesus said to him, My master, her eyes are narrow. He replied to him, Wicked person, is it with such thoughts that you occupy yourself? He sent forth 400 horns and excommunicated him. Okay? You blow, you blow a shofar, supposedly, at the point of, of harem, of excommunication. The disciple came before him on many occasions, saying, Receive me. But he refused to notice him. The disciple is supposed to be Jesus. One day, where Rabbi Joshua was reciting, this, we're off our, our topic already, but it's worth reading. Well, one day, where Rabbi Yeshua was reciting the Shema, he came before him. His intention was to receive him, and he made a sign to him with his hand, but the disciple thought he was repelling him. Why would he make a sign with his hand? He's in the middle of the Shema. He's in the middle of the Shema. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what you do. It's like after after the tea, like your dime. <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> Give me a second. And what did Jesus think he was doing? Didn't want to talk to him. Didn't want to handle him. So he went up and set up a brick and worshipped it. I have no idea what that means. Rabbi Yoshua said to him, Repent. But he answered him, Thus I have received from you that whoever sinned and caused others to sin is deprived of the power of doing penitence. The master said, The disciple practiced magic and led Israel astray. Wow. Now you see why this was censored. Because the rabbi said Jesus was approaching as one of the disciples and eventually felt repelled set up his own re religion as such from our point of view you know, again is that history who the heck knows but it's embedded in the Talmudic discussion 
And what's important for us is, what do we have? Shimon ben Shetach hid away. His sister hid him. And after this deathbed that you saw in Josephus, that's the only source we have of it, he came back and assumed power, and he became the power behind the throne. And the Pharisees began to assume power until the next king arose, as long as well as long as Shlomzion was the queen. Which is why she gets the street. Do you know about Yanai Street? I'm not sure of one. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure of one that I know of, okay? Okay? I know of an Alexander Street. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you name streets after people you like. You don't name them after, you know, that kind of thing. So, I, I just want to share, I think it's just phenomenal stuff giving us background. Finally, just so you can read this on your own, you could do this anyhow, but, you know, I was doing the whole thing. This is the, the, the article in the Encyclopedia Judaica, which is obviously sorry, a little more history and background to this story. Is that why there's such a nice street called Verna? So, why what? You like, that's why there's a nice love street in Wenko called Verna. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> There's towns, there's villages, there's, there's mountains. I mean, you know, absolutely. You know, a little bit of American history even before I got here. So, as you can see, let's look down the bottom of 714. Alexander Yanai, there you see his years. Kirka, the round, 126 to 76. King of Judea and high priest. That's the key third son of Hyrcanus, etc., despised by his father and brothers, and was imprisoned during the reign of his elder brother Aristobulus. That's why you have civil war. Okay? Upon the death, his widow, Salami Alexandria, Shlomzion Amalka, released Yanai from prison, and in accordance with the, with the Jewish rite of Levite marriage, he married the queen. Okay? He married the queen, and then we have maybe divided into three periods. First of all, gaining control of the entire coastal region of Palestine. That's what we just read from Josephus, the wars in Gaza. Right? And you can see the rest. Second phase, next paragraph. How threatened to undo all the previous successes. It's distinguished by bitter internal dissension and turmoil in Judea. Large segments of the Jewish population were opposed not only to the king's military policies, but probably even more to the developing image of the monarchy and the ever-growing ties between the king and the and high priest Yanai and the Sadducees. Rabbinic sources record a number of clashes between Yanai and the Pharisees. I gave you all three. This internal situation was particularly damaging as Ptolemy Lythras, Yanai's primary enemy, during this time had consolidated his position sufficiently to return to the throne at Alexandria. Okay, Ptolemy is the e Egypt. While well, the Nabataeans were also making inroads into Jewish-held territories. Anybody been to a Nabataean fortress in the Negev? Okay, you've been to some of their places. It appears that the Nabataeans were primarily interested in halting Yanai's advances east of the Jordan, thereby threatening transportation between Damascus and Petra. Anybody been to Petra? Yes, great city in its day. Yanai was forced to flee to Jerusalem. We had that, remember we just talked about going to Jerusalem? After suffering bitter defeat in one battle in the Golan in the hands of etc. As a result, the people attacked him in the civil war, which lasted six years, and no less than 50,000 Jews perished in battle. 
civil war, and the Talmud doesn't talk about it in terms of civil war. Talmud talks about it in terms of halakha kings. Dealt him with etrogim, king and judge and not judge, all of that kind of stuff. The Jewish enemies of the king, moreover, invited another enemy, Demetrius, who attempted to invade Judea and defeated Yanai near Shem. The setback, however, aroused some sympathy for the Jewish king among his countrymen, and many of those who had previously abandoned him returned to the Hasmonean ranks. The balance of power thereby changed, and Demetrius was forced to evacuate Palestine. Yanai, etc. The final phase of Yanai's reign signifies the zenith of Hasmonean territorial expansion. He succeeded in stabilizing the internal situation and most the terry, etc. But halfway down, Yanai's health, however, had been deteriorated for some years due to heavy drinking, according to Josephus, and the king met his death during the siege on Regev, a fortress east of Jordan. It is of interest that both Josephus and the rabbinic sources describe reconciliation between the king and the Pharisees, when Yanai appears to have commanded his wife to yield a certain amount of power to that sect. The Pharisees, in turn, provided Yanai a splendid burial in Jerusalem, thus paving the way to eternal internal unity under the reign of Salami Alexandra. Yanai left two sons, Hyrcanus and Aristobulus. They had wars for the high priesthood, if you've studied any of this stuff. The former assumed the office of high priest until the Civil War, which erupted after the death of their mother, 67 BCE. So, I just thought it would be worthwhile to do a little bit of a tangent. To, uh, to take you through this period to see both how the Talmud deals with this kind of stuff and how yet there's historical kernels that are really very important from the point of view of Jewish life, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priesthood, the Hasmoneans, all this eventually relates to the way that rabbis see Hanukkah. They do not see Hanukkah as something important Therefore, it's not taken into the Bible. Maccabees are not in the Bible. Therefore, there's two pages on, Tal- on, on Hanukkah in the Tractate of Shabbat. My Hanukkah. They build it up spiritually, etc. These were the Hasmoneans. And eventually we got to Herod. They hated Herod, of course, too. But they took over the high priesthood. No separation of powers. They couldn't be trusted. And while, the rap- while there may have been a civil war, the rabbis see this as the Sadducees against the Pharisees and Yanai killing everybody except for Shimon ben Shetach who becomes the hero because he brings back Torah and why was he able to do so? The queen was his, was his sister. Palace intrigue all over again. So, ramifications for today three that I can think of. One, read my article in the Chicago Jewish News of this past week talking about Jewish unity. Two, separation of powers. Three, religion and state. It's about as <coughs> you know, modern as we can get to bring these issues to this day. They're all there. Nothing new under the sun, as Kohelet said. Ein chadash tafel shemash. I'm always amazed when we read history of this period and how many Jews were killed in their battles. And I'm wondering if there's an exaggeration or how many, you know, right. there's such a multitude of Jews. Right. So, no, number one, in the same way as the Bible does, we don't know exact numbers. If you have Josephus giving the numbers, who knows? It means clearly a lot, whether they counted them up, etc. too. You know, even today, um, when you deal with civilian deaths, look at the Syrian war, the civil war. How many are dead? Oh, about 400,000. Do they know exactly? No, they don't and they jump them every so often. 
etc. So the answer is we don't know exact figures, there's no doubt. Clearly means that there was a major massacre, a major civil war, and whether it was 50,000 or 42,500 doesn't matter as much as it, it shows you the intensity that was involved and the impact upon the, the, the rabbis. Best I can say. Other comments? As I say, I hope you enjoyed the tangent, but I did it for me, so I, I enjoyed doing it because I think, again, it gives you a fuller picture of what the Talmud's about, um, and uh, you get a better picture of, the, of this of, for somebody who, Alexander Yanai, Shlom Tsiyona Malka, and Shimon Bacheta, who were critical in, in the history of Palestinian uh, Jewish uh, history at that point, leading eventually to the destruction of a temple, etc. Okay. Any information about the third brother? Not that I know of. We, we, we know, not that I know of. Again, I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. Um, but we know that the Hyrcanus and Astabulus had a huge war. Um, and eventually, we know as well that who invites the Romans in, Josephus tells us, it was those two who had a war and said the Romans came in, they brought in Pompeii. And that started the decline to become a Roman fiefdom, which eventually led to a civil war against Rome, which eventually led to the destruction of the temple, the exile of Jewish people, etc., etc. So we're, this, as I say, if you read my article in the Chicago Jewish News when I talk about Jewish unity, this is what happens when we don't have it. How did Shlom Sion become queen? I mean, was it the Esther story again that they needed someone in the... No, well, again, they, they, they made matches, you know, in order to, to establish the, the, king, the kingdom, you know. Um, she was Jewish in that sense. Um, and I don't know the exact story, to be honest with you. But he wasn't. He was Idumean, but they, the, the, the Hasmoneans <coughs> were Jewish in realm. They were also Idumean. I mean, they were coming from east of the Jordan. Um, so they're, you know, again, was he here Jewish or not? He was, they, he was, they were accepted and not accepted in that realm. But the Hasmoneans were clearly, from that point of view of, um, you know the the the, tra the the tradition. They were Jewish when they, they didn't started. Set her up to accomplish something. They didn't set her up to accomplish something. I don't know. I don't know that. I, I'd have to go back to Josephus to see. You know, did, I didn't. I didn't do the the uh, the research on on on, on Salome or Shavuot. Sorry, I don't know enough. <coughs> but again, remember Matityahu, Kohen Gadol. Remember. That's what Alanisim says. Well, he really wasn't Kohen Gadol. Did that become part of the problem? When there's no separation of church and state, and the powers take over the religion, you can fill in the rest of the sentence. Like Iran. Iran? We don't have to go too far to Iran, I'm afraid. Okay? Don't have to go to Iran. Does it happen the other way, too, that religion takes over the government, too? Uh, normally the government takes over religion I would suggest because if the government is strong it allows religion to be used as a crutch alright with that tangent let's go back to the Talmud
So, where this will be the more difficult part of the whole morning, but we're on Memchet Amudala, 48a, in this book, page 211. We had this whole section of Shimon ben Shetach and Yanai, etc. And how much do you have to, can you eat, do you have to eat in order to lead Birkat Amazon? Is it already, remember he drank wine, then he had he came back, and the final step was, you don't, you have to have some sort of grain in order for you to be able to fill the responsibility of leading Birkat Amazon. Um, we'll deal with this in different kinds of ways too, once we finish this whole area. Could you repeat the location? Yeah, 48a, Memchet Amudala, page 211 in our book. It's going to start about six lines from the bottom. It says, Make today Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer. We got it, everybody? All right, I took the, English, the easy stuff today. I took the English to read. You know? <laughs> what the heck? So, if somebody want to leave this part? I want to at least finish this inyan and such. Okay, ma'am. Okay, so remember, we're dealing with how much do you have to eat? Do you have to eat in order to lead Birkat Amazon? Okay, so Amar Rabbi Yochanan said you have to have some wheat. You have to have one of the grains. Meitave, a Mishnah period source, said Rabbi Shimon Omer Allah ve Mahem. Allah means he went up. You go to sit with them. Afil loti bel imahem ela batsir. Even if you only dip a little bit in brine or something, okay, and it's not having a meal. You're not having bread, etc. You're having a little piece of a snack. As such, grogeret is like a little date thing. Okay, it's not even a kezayev. you can be part of leading the Karamazon. That goes against what we've already had, and a metave is a fairly high source. It's a mishnah or a brayta. Grogeris is less than a kezayev. Yeah, yeah, it's a very small. Mm-hmm. It's usually used with it in form of dates. You know, here's the tribe thing. Figs, tribe okay, sorry. Figs, okay. The, the, it's interesting. Yeah. So, what does the Talmud say? Yes, you can be part of Birkat Amazon, but you can't lead it. Okay, so, if, you're, if two people have had bread, and they said, did you have something to eat? Did, you know, I've been at many, many occasions where you'll say, um, we've eaten and somebody says, uh, you want to leave Birkat Oh, I didn't wash. Meaning you didn't have bread, you don't leave. Can you be, somebody's phone just fell. Okay? Okay, I just, I don't want my res- the shul to be responsible for insurance. I want to sell you right away, you know. I got the president here, I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, if you, if you have two people there and they say, oh, I need bread. Will you be part of, sure. Okay? But you can't lead. That becomes the compromise. You can be part, you can be the third, or the not, or the tenth, or whatever the case may be, but you can't lead unless you've eaten. So I've been at many cases where somebody said, uh, we're sitting quietly, uh, no, I didn't wash. That meant, of course, they didn't have bread. Therefore, they can't lead.
אפילו לא צבר מהם אל הוציא, ולא אכל מהם אלא בגלגלת מצטרף. In other words, even if you have almost nothing, okay, you don't even have that. <coughs> but you can meet Starev, you can be part of the three or the ten, but you can't lead. In order to lead, you already have to have bread. That actually makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Good, for Chengur <laughs> Hilchata, we actually have a summation and a thing. It says, Okay, so basically it says, Achal Aleyerek means you have some vegetables. Vishata Kosh Shelyayin. Or you drink and you drink a cup of wine, Mitzdarek. You're one of. In other words, you have to have something. You can't just be around. There already you have to be able to eat bread in order to lead Rabotai Nevarech. So I said, and very often, as I said, you're sitting with people who want to do benching. I didn't wash. And the answer usually is, I didn't wash. I didn't have, I didn't have bread. Well, will you be part of it? Sure. Okay, which is why very often what you'll do at that point is you'll say, you'll do you'll say it quietly and after the first bracha that person recite Amen and they're finished to, to do whatever they want at that point alright so is there any um, yeah let's look at does that mean does that mean what? Does a group of people who don't eat bread have a whole meal together, although they have three food. people who don't eat bread? Three people. I will deal with that at another time. <laughs> no, no, no I, that's not here. I will deal with that another time. There's actually just a chuvah written by the conservative movement. I have to look. I haven't looked at it yet. So we may deal with that too. So the answer is not yet. The answer so far is no. All right. So read Orach Halachalo Tziyadechov on the previous page. <laughs> Okay, so Mishachal Kazai Dagan, you had a little bit of bread, grains, meaning you can say Rabbi if they've eaten to to satisfy themselves, in other words, they have to eat something, but they can they don't lead the Birkat Hamazon. Okay? So, I'm actually going to stop there because the next one is a whole different Inyan. Uh, I took up much of the time here, but that's fine. The next part will be, where does Birkat Hamazon come from? From the Torah. How do we learn all of the different blessings? What's the historicity of them? What are What is the liturgical sense of them and that will be the next section that we'll do um, you'll know you all know Birkat Amazon if we want to need to we'll take to the Shironim or the Sidurim to look at it and we're going to deal with all of the different brachot that are part of Birkat Amazon um, over the next little while okay thank you oh,